Hi everybody, buenos dias. We are Dashboard Discipulos. <laughs> hey guys, uh, my name is James. This is Matt. Welcome to another episode of Dashboard Disciples. Hi. Uh, we're going to be um, walking in and talking about, you know what song we sang today in what? church? And he walks with me. In the garden, he yes. talks with me and I was like that song actually like gets me right here. Uh-huh. I mean it's no Avalon but Oh no no no. no. <laughs> the one that the one that got me today was worthy of worship mm-hmm. because I literally sang that when I was like probably eight or seven years old. Really? Yeah. Always I've been singing that forever. The song that always gets me and it's not even like a Christian song, it's like a country song that was put in Spanish and we sang a lot in church in Spanish growing up, was the um, One Day at a Time. That song, like, every time I hear Un Dia La Vez or One Day at a Time, I'm like, that, that, that makes me feel like at home. Anyway, yeah, so we're going to jump into an episode. We're going to be walking through uh, chapter 5 of Francis Chan's Letters to the Church. So a couple announcements. Uh, we are gonna we are on Apple and Spotify, and those will be up every Wednesday midday. And on Mondays, you can catch us if you are part of the DVD club, and you can become a Patreon a member, team member for as little as five dollars a month. <laughs> so, and uh, there are also some incentives. Go check us out on uh, dashboarddisciples.godaddysize.com. Check us out on Apple and Spotify and on YouTube, and um, and then, of course, you'll see us every Wednesday. Um, our recording will go up on um, on our Facebook page. Um, so let's get started. Hey, uh, what's, the, what's the week been like? The week's been like, well, I quit my job. That's fun. Yeah? Yeah. So, Fiji, if you're watching. Um, oh. <laughs> yeah, good luck with that. We need a sponsor. <laughs> the yeah. thing that I love about the, the term or the word servant and it was talked a lot about when I was in the Marine Corps, mm-hmm. was because the rank sergeant, which is you know a, a leadership rank mm-hmm. in the military, um, actually derives from the Latin term, the Latin word servant, mm-hmm. or the Latin word for servant, which is sed bien, and then it translates to sergeant. So really, the leadership role in the military, if you are a sergeant, is actually to actually be a servant leader. Mm. And, and and that's I mean so that's something that you walk with when you're a sergeant you're a servant leader you exist to serve your subordinates. A lot of churches they really seek to go after getting just getting people in the door like it's just another number mm-hmm. and uh, they'll try they'll try uh, what well, essentially what he calls gimmicks to try to make that happen and uh, we uh, <laughs> um, it, it's. The analogy that he uses is that what if, like, a mosque uh, decided to go ahead and um, just try to get in people however however they pretty much can? We would say from the outside, like, if their God is so great, then if Allah is so great, then why would, why does he need tricks to get people in the door? Mm. You know? And it's like, it's like uh, he uses that slight departure to kind of point out that, hey, yeah. 
we have a lot of churches that are doing that today. It just floored me the whole idea, this whole idea of, of gimmicks. Like, why mm-hmm. do we need gimmicks to get people into the door? When I read that part of the chapter, I, I was convicted. Where I was like, man, you know, me being a youth pastor, like, there are, I mean, definitely there have been times where I'm, like, telling my, my students, like, hey, t- invite your friends and tell them there's pizza. <laughs> you know, invite your friends and we're going to have a paleta party. Invite your friends and... Let them know that all the games we play have a prize up to up to ten dollars or up to fifteen dollars, something yeah. like that. And like yeah. and I'm like, man, why do I need these gimmicks to get these students to invite their friends? It's an interesting way to put it because I guess it, I guess maybe something that I would love to ask Francis Chan if I had ever had the opportunity to do that would be okay and okay, I don't know, maybe he talks about this at some point. But it's like okay, it's easy for Francis Chan to say this. The guy with the mega that that started two mega churches or whatever. Yeah, I mean, I I would, I would say that I would kind of almost lean in that same direction where it's like, okay, cool, like you dismiss yourself from all that and you're not going to go to that to those to those extremes and whatnot. But but like, man. Like you still, I mean, you still have a book deal, dude. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, I can't say that he's not understanding of where those people are, too. Mm-hmm. You know, and I also do believe that it's like, because I mean, you were also still talking about a guy who moved to San Francisco with six kids into a one-bedroom apartment. Sure. And so it's easy for us to look, be on the outside looking and going, "Well, it was so easy for you." No, it really wasn't. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't so easy for him. Um, he had to be okay. Like I think that he got himself to a place, and where we honestly need to be, where we're walking by faith, and we can go. You know what? I'm okay with that church firing me if if I'm doing everything that I believe God is telling me to do. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I've definitely been in an office in ministry where you know somebody's looking at me, going, "Why do we have a youth pastor if we don't have any youth?" You know, and me go and me walking out of that meeting like, okay, I'm getting fired, Ooh. and I haven't done anything different. I mean, I'm preaching the Bible, mm-hmm. I'm meeting with students, and I'm loving on them, and I have 15, 20 students calling me for advice and for recommendation letters and for help reading scripture. But when it comes to Wednesday night Bible study, four of them show up. You know, like yeah, yeah, and. And so, so you almost get to that point where, like, wait, like, I just walked out of this meeting thinking, I think my job is on the line. So, what's mm-hmm. the first thing I do? Go to my computer and I Google what are ways to attract teens, you know, into into your adult Bible study, your young adult Bible study, or youth Bible study. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, well, I did the pizza and I did the the bingo and I did the impossible shot and I yeah. did the, you know, it's like, and then you sit, then you sit back six months later and you go, wait a minute, I had now I have thirty students in my youth group, but they're all lukewarm. I missed the four that were sincere. It's a hard lesson um, because we really want we really want the the best. Like, well, we're we're gonna do what the Great Commission says. You know, we're gonna go mm-hmm. we're gonna go and baptize all nations. Like, that's that's our thing. Um, w- w- that's what we're about. And that hearing that from Jesus, we do go to quantity right away. Mm-hmm. But you know, but it actually, if we just take that one statement from Jesus, it's very easy to go to the quantity. But if you just back up a few chapters, he 
he is selling the rich young ruler, like, or he is telling the people after the rich young ruler, hey, not very many people are going to get this, mm-hmm. you know, like, he, like some people are, they're not going to understand this, like, it's hard for a rich person to be in the kingdom of God, and it's all, it's all of this, it's all of that, um, and I'm, it's a very terrible paraphrase of that entire story, but it, it's that, it's that, uh, it's a, it's, the kingdom of God, I think, is really more about chasing after a quality than a quantity. Mm-hmm. Like, the only one who's going to ultimately bring everyone to the knowledge of who Jesus Christ is, is when Jesus comes back <laughs> and makes all things new. Mm-hmm. That's that's when the quantity is going to mean something. And even then, people aren't going to turn to Jesus. They're still going to... They're still going to be judged, and they're still not going to... Well, depending on your eschatology, whatever you think about it. But, like, the final judgment isn't even going to produce all Christians. So, it's like... Mm-hmm. It's like, maybe we need to get over that idea of more, 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 more is the key. And just think about the idea of, you know what? No, we're just going to... We're just going to take up our cross, deny ourselves, follow Christ. That's our thing. If we are truly living to the call of the Christian faith and being shepherds, yeah, then we have to desire making Christians, yeah. not making church members. Okay, I paid my 10%. Now I expect, you know, dynamic music, a, a nice recreation center, mm-hmm. you know, uh, yeah. and a... And like a, it's a subscription to a gym membership. Exactly. And I, or yeah. Entertainment, man. You know, like yeah, I yeah, get to yeah. go to a concert and I get to listen to story time, and then I get coffee outside in the foyer, <laughs> and free childcare for a couple hours, and dude. Then I, and then yeah. I go home. Like yeah, totally. You know, it's like if that's what we're doing. Yeah, I mean, you're gonna get you, but you're, but it won't, it won't make Christians mm-hmm. unless uh, unless we we change something about right. that about that model. Can you really call yourself a Christian if you're not serving? Mm. You know, it's almost it's it's like it's contradictory. Yeah. To to say that you're a Christian that doesn't serve, they don't they it's like oil and water. They don't even fit together. Right. And truth be told, I've seen it in so many churches that people go to church to not serve. You know, I mean, I have sat with people that said. Well, we're leaving because of X, Y, Z, or or you know what, we're going to this church because they have a, they have a better children's ministry, yeah, or they have a better worship team, mm-hmm. or they have, like, we really like the way this guy speaks, and I mean I've sat across tables out loud being like, man, we're gonna miss you, but in my mind going, do you realize how selfish you're being? <laughs> like, do you realize how consumer driven you are right now? Like, I want to caution you. And just, is this really what Jesus wants? Yeah. You know, or is it just what you want? And you think that you'll get closer to Jesus if you get what you want. Right. I was like, because I can almost guarantee you that that's not going to happen. Yeah. It's crazy. (laughs) I mean, yeah, it's a mindset thing. It it really is. And I I love the quote that he puts here. We confront sexual immorality in our churches because we are commanded to live holy lives. The adulterous person does not represent Christ well, mm. but neither does the consumer. 
It's a sin that has to be confronted if we want to give the world an accurate representation of the body of Christ. And if we really loved our brothers and sisters, shouldn't we put shouldn't we be encouraging them to repent? Like, bro, bro, that that one just got me like so stinking hard. It's like we think about what the most scandalous thing that a pastor could do and how many pastors have resigned leaders of churches have resigned because of adultery right and what francis chan says here is that you know what the consumerism that's in our churches is just as bad Mm -hmm. it's just as bad of a representation of the body if we're leaving if we're leading our our flock to be consumer driven then that's almost that's almost a sin worse than adultery yeah i think that a lot of us do it without even realizing it yeah but I also think that has to do a lot with where we are as a society, not just inside the church, but even, but like in in our country in general. And and there's a reason why people go to church looking for a place to rest, mm-hmm. you know, and not a place to serve. It's yeah. not a, it's not a it's not a group of believers gathering together so they can seek the Lord on how to serve their community or their city or their mm-hmm. country or or whatnot but it's a place of people it's a place where people are gathering together to put their feet up and take a break yeah and listen to Jesus and there's good in that I mean obviously we see that in the the Mary Martha thing mm-hmm. you know the Mary Martha where it's like well you know you know Martha's over here in the kitchen working and Mary's sitting at Jesus feet and and Martha's like what the heck Jesus like mm-hmm. tell your girl something you know, obviously paraphrasing, right? You know, but right. You know, it's like you know, tell and 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 Jesus is like, no, she's doing she's doing the right thing. Yes, the church is a place that where you can seek rest. But Francis Chan challenges that, and even scripturally, it's it the scripture challenges us that the best way to rest is to serve. Mm, the yeah. best way to grow, the best way to get out of whatever hell you're going through is to serve. Mm-hmm. And and I'm not saying, you know, go and spend eight hours a day in in the kitchen or, or whatever. I mean, sometimes serving is simply being a door greeter or being, you know, mm-hmm. you know, helping where you can. And but I think the reason that many of us don't do that is because we haven't created a I mean in the American culture of of course we don't work from a place where we're using our gifts and finding joy in our lives. We, we work and I mean, many of us even go to college, um, and choose careers, not because there's some, that's something that we have a passion to do, mm-hmm. but because it pays the most money. Yeah. I don't know what you thought about all these organizations or even these high profile people mm-hmm. talk about, you know, the, the racial stuff about George Floyd and all mm-hmm. that. Like they're like, oh, we're gonna pledge to do this, and uh, like we're gonna we're gonna make sure to uh, uphold minority uh, minority whatever, right? Like minority voices and and all of that. And how many of you out there are just kind of looked at that and was like, dude, you're doing that just because of the current climate. You don't really mean all this, you know? Mm-hmm. Like like America's just gonna be back to where it's at in a few months. Who cares, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how many. Yeah, they, you know, the whole term that w- that came up with it out of this called virtue signaling. Yeah, it's like virtue signaling. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. oh boy, here we go again. 
such and such coach is telling me about this or such and such rich person is telling mm-hmm. me about this. It's like we're we're happy and we'll take that as words like, oh, yeah, they're going to make some real progress here. And that's really great. Yeah. I'm doing, uh, and, I'm, doing and X, I'm doing X, Y, and Z we're, not because it's the right thing to do but, but so that I can show you that I'm a good person. Yeah, or, or, or whatever, or organization. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, they're checking their – it's like, oh, yeah, you're just checking your box mm-hmm. uh, like uh, to, to make sure that you're you're okay. <laughs> What are we doing in the church, people? Like we're we're showing up and we're just checking our box, like mm-hmm. to just to just uh, we're doing the exact same thing that we want to maybe mm-hmm. criticize uh, organization, liberal elites, uh, 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 fill in the blank, yeah. uh, con- political parties, political um, parties. Yeah. yeah, we're doing the exact same thing. We're just clearing our conscience and checking the box going, because yeah, it's it's perfect, yeah. you know. But it's like no, no, no. I don't want to hear about how you think X is X is wrong, Y is wrong. Show me, show me how, uh, show me in your service that that's what you really care about, and that mm-hmm. is your passion. And I think that the way that we can do that, or the way that people can do that, is to actually create a culture, or encourage a culture, even inside our church, to find a passion in your everyday life. Like find that like whatever your whatever your passion is, turn that into what you do in your everyday life. Like for example, you know, don't teach because, you know, oh it it's job security, mm-hmm. or don't be a nurse because, you know, job security and a nice paycheck. Do those jobs because you have a passion for that type of profession, mm-hmm. and if you and I've seen that people that work in in places where there's joy like where they like and it doesn't matter the type of job some people are like man I love to be a mechanic like I love being a mechanic or I love um, custodial work or whatever like they have they are people that have passions for these things you know and they do the job and then they get to Sundays or they get to their weekends where they find rest or where, where they would normally have rest their days off and what, what are they doing those days Everything that they've been doing on their day off, yeah, or on their days on their days working, yeah, they're doing that on their days off because they're because what they do brings them joy, yeah. And ultimately, what and what happens is you end up finding that person that on Sunday mornings is giving to the church from their talents and not working for from an obligation. For sure, if you love something. You're gonna fight for it, and you're gonna go after it, and you're gonna—it's gonna mean something to you, and it's—and you spent hours and hours serving, serving, serving at a certain church, and then you're just ready to walk away from it all. Mm-hmm. It makes—it makes no sense. A separation like that makes no sense whatsoever if you're truly a servant of God. If you're finding yourself going, no, I don't want to do that. That's too time-consuming. That's too much on me. Then really, truly evaluate how you're spending your time mm-hmm. and what you're doing with your time. Are you, are you, is your day to day life like your, your Monday through Friday job? Is that a place you really want to be? Mm-hmm. Or is that a place that's draining to the point where when you get to whatever your weekly services and you're like, man, I don't want to do that. That's just, that's too much now. Yeah. That is essentially what we are asking for as be pastors. Uh, it's just to find your passion, mm-hmm. find your passion, go for it. Enjoy it because I promise you there's a place for you in the kingdom of God to live out that passion. 
And it brings up a whole other mentality of, uh, are we supposed to be personal trainers or massage therapists? Massage therapists, they serve you. They serve you. Versus personal coaches, they guide you in finding your stuff. Like finding what's going to help your specific passion, your specific case. Uh, And and I think in the consumer-driven church, we want our leaders, we want our pastors to be massage therapists. Mm. We just want to go there, check boxes. uh, You make me feel good, whatever. Uh, and then it's all good. But that's not what we're supposed to be. What are the things that we need to do as leaders to ensure that our members and those that we're discipling are not being consumer-driven, but actually being servant-led? What if we actually just train from within? And it may mean we may not have a youth pastor for the moment, but mm-hmm. long-term, it may mean better if we just go ahead and say, you know, we just don't have a youth pastor right now and we're just going to raise within from within. Mm-hmm. Um, the best way that we can lead our congregate, our congregation, our members, mm-hmm. um, or, and disciple good Christians is to, is to lead by example. Like we cannot expect if we're going to raise them from within, mm-hmm. we can't expect them to just magically become something. Yeah. We yeah. have to, we have to be, we had then have to invest in that person to grow them into that position. Or if we're going to look outside, we need to spend time with the person we're trying to bring in to, to grow them into mm-hmm. this particular field. Otherwise, we're going to find ourselves upset that these people aren't who we thought they were. Yeah, so I guess that means don't do don't do anything or don't ask of anyone something you wouldn't be willing to do yourself. Exactly. So if you're if you're willing uh if you say okay for the example we need a youth pastor then yeah uh and I and we're going to say oh no we're going to we're going to train from within and that's that. And it's like okay, well we can set the tone in saying in the meantime I'm going to show the congregation what a youth pastor is supposed to look like mm-hmm. and then they will they will catch on to that exactly and um, and that's that's a hard thing it's a hard thing to do but well, such is ministry and then the know? next the next I, I would even say more difficult thing to do is to let go when the time is right if we're going to grow our congregation to become servant focused mm-hmm. or serving focused then we need to be that example Right? right, we need to be that example of being servants. Right, we can't just be delegators. Mm-hmm. We need to be we need to be serving. We need to be doing the work that we're asking others to do. But then, when we find someone that fits that role, we need to be able to go, okay, now go do it, mm-hmm. and I'm going to step back, and I might even have to watch you fail. Yeah, and you know, even though I know that I could have done it mm-hmm. the first time the right way because I know this. Yeah. I need to watch I, I'm okay with watching you fail at it two or three times and then guiding you into it as I grow you into this position. Yeah. And, and th- yeah. Totally. And that's difficult as a leader, especially if I've been doing something a certain way for so long. Right. You know, I, well I could have done I could have done in five days what it took this guy three weeks to do. Yeah. But it's not about me and it's not about checking the box it's about growing this leader growing this person into that position yeah and think what that does for your congregation too Mm -hmm. because it's teaching them how to 
get up and recover from your mistakes rather than just showing them just how to succeed. Mm -hmm. Francis Chan has this crazy expectation that everyone that's a part of a church that he leads is going to serve. And I don't think that's a Francis Chan thing. That's a scriptural thing. Mm -hmm. Like, if you are... And that, that just kind of piggyback to where you first started. It's like, if you are a Christian and you are not serving, are you really a Christian? <laughs> what is it that you're seeking? And maybe, truth be told, and it's You're hard. seeking the wrong thing. You're seeking the wrong thing. You're not seeking Jesus. You're seeking... You're 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 trying to find your the, the, the right movie. You're you know, yeah. You're <laughs> a consumer. You're you know? a consumer, not a Christian. And and you have and it, and it takes a a hard. It you have to take that hard look at yourself. Yeah. You know, and I mean, truth be told, I'm not saying this as an attack, like pointing a finger in your direction. I'm saying honestly, I'm saying this because I've been there. Mm -hmm. Like I've had to like sit down and go like, wait a minute, like, crap, I was wrong. Yeah. Like I was going in the wrong direction. Oh man. I was encouraging a consumer driven culture. Oh man, I was, you know, like yeah. I was yeah. I I was a consumer cuz I didn't know any better. Mm -hmm. You know, I was trying to find Jesus when in reality, you know, Jesus was the the Jesus I was looking for in scripture um wasn't, you know, I mean, was was right there in scripture. Mm -hmm. And right there waiting for me, and I was too busy looking for the 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 dynamic worship, the nice young adult ministry, yeah. the the cool mission trip, the you know like I was too busy <laughs> doing all of that and not actually looking for Jesus. Mm. Yeah, and and it wasn't until I was met with a small church that had really nothing to offer except the gospel <laughs> yeah. that I was like, oh. Okay. Like this is we can we can do this. Like this is what I've I've been looking for. Yeah. You know, like and and truth be told, how do you know? I mean, you know, mega church pastor or big youth minister, like big you know big youth group youth minister. How do you know if your ministry is accidentally consumer driven? Don't have pizza that Sunday or mm -hmm. that that Bible study. Don't don't do the game. Don't have the worship night. Don't do not do the dynamic worship Yeah, for two weeks and see, see how happens. many people show up. Yeah, it just, might be a good thing. Yeah, you know, just pull out the acoustic guitar, have a little bit of uh, dim-lighted worship, and then get into the Word of God. Or, tell you, or, or like how Francis Chan said in Chapter 1, take 72 hours and read the entire Bible. Cover to mm, cover. Yeah. See how many people show up to that. Yeah, for sure. You know, and then, and then you'll see... How many you really have. Yeah, how many yeah. you really have and how many are truly there for Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, guys, and thank you for joining us today. Uh, don't forget all the usual stuff. Like, subscribe, um, yeah, follow if you're podcasting it, whatever it might be. And uh, that'll be that. So, anyways, see you guys next week. Uh, love you guys. Adios, amigos. See you later.